This is a space for anyone raising humans and trying to find time to raise themselves in the process. The myths of motherhood are loud out there. This unrealistic motherhood culture we find ourselves in is toxic to our souls. It imprisons our progress, stunts our growth, and breeds limiting beliefs that altogether keep us overwhelmed. It's my mission to push the eject button on this crazy ride and help you find peace with your process. Through mentors and mistakes, I have learned that we have way more power and permission than we realize. I believe Jesus didn't just die to give us everlasting life in heaven. He died to give us abundant life, a full life right here on earth, right now in the midst of your sleepless nights and your Cheerio-covered kitchen. I don't know about you, but I felt like I didn't qualify for that kind of full kingdom life while in the throes of motherhood. Listen to me, mama. You have access to all that Jesus died to give you. You're called to kingdom things even now, even when you can't remember the last time you read your Bible or when you say bad words under your breath after stepping on yet another Lego. Mothering is hard and overwhelm is real and understandable, but it does not have to be your every single day. I want to help you out of the wind and the waves of overwhelm and into the peace of overflow through super practical things like decluttering, simplifying your life, making your home work for you, to mental work like ditching the pressure of perfection and comparison, defeating those toxic thoughts, and learning about yourself, how you tick, and what brings you to life. We're covering it all. If it's not real, raw, and helpful, it is not allowed. Fullness is in front of you. Let's go get it together. You're listening to The Fullness Show. Hey everyone, welcome to The Fullness Show. I'm so glad you're here. I am sitting here with a fresh cup of coffee and a woodwick candle that is burning right here by me and it's a vanilla sea salt scent and it's delicious and it's the wonderful crackle thing. You know what I'm talking about? Like it crackles when it burns and it just makes you feel like everything's gonna be okay. I don't know if a candle can make you feel that way, but it does it for me, okay? I'll be quiet in a minute. You can hear it. Listen. Isn't that the best? Like, man, you're welcome. Anyway, I'm sitting here with, obviously it's late at night. The house is quiet. Everybody's asleep and I'm just inspired and excited and want to share with you some things that have happened recently and things that I'm believing are going to happen. And, um, yeah, so let's get started. So, um, if some of you aren't aware, I'll go ahead and catch you up to speed. Um, Chris and I help run a, um, local organization called Emma's foster closet. And we are a foster closet that helps um, kiddos that come into CYFD custody or the state care. Um, and we make sure that they have everything that they need when they first come into care. So a lot of times, you know, kids come in with the clothes on their backs and that's it. They're not allowed to take anything from home because it's contaminated or whatnot. So they need all the things. And Emma's Closet su- supplies that within the first 12 hours of pickup. So we do beds, we do clothes, we do shoes, we do um uh, school supplies, backpacks, you name it, we do it. And so we actually did a big event this last week and we had two big events back to back. 
And what we decided is what we, we wanted to support the fostering families, um, in a real, um, practical way, but also a connecting way. And so we collected donations for about a month and the community banded together and they brought furniture and they brought clothes and they brought toys and they brought everything they could and packed our, um, amazing, um, building up with, everything. And our incredible hosts, the First Baptist Church, allowed us to use their fellowship hall. And we filled that fellowship hall up. It was a store. It was insane. I, I'm still reeling from the fact that we did that and we're still living. <laughs> we're so tired, but it was awesome. And so we set it all up like a shop. We priced stuff. I had people come and just work and work and had, I mean, they just were beautiful volunteers, just hearts of gold and gave of their time and their energy and, um, set this place up. It looked stellar. It was so great. And, um, we opened up our doors Friday evening at 4 p 4 PM and, um, opened our doors up to all of the fostering families of Lee County. We had 49 on our list, 49 families that are active and licensed and um, they came and shopped till they dropped. It was so much fun. Um, our very first Shop the Closet, we had about eight families show up. And while that was fun and cool, I was kind of bummed. I was like, where are they? And so this year we went crazy with advertising. We hounded people. We were annoying on social media. I don't even care. And um, we were making sure that people knew and they were coming. And I'm telling you what, we had 23 families out of the 47 come. And it was so much fun. Kids were shopping like crazy. They every Everything they got was free. Like, they were able to pick out whatever they wanted for free. They um, they had so much fun. It was great. We provided dinner for them. We provided balloons. We just we had people help them shop. Um, it was it was just a blast. We just we really enjoyed it. And so um, that was probably the highlight of the weekend. That was the whole point of why we did all of that work. Um, but the next day, we decided to make some money off of what we had left, and we had a garage sale. And um, we had a good amount come in. People donated. Um, people bought and gave above and just really supported and, and showed up for the foster closet. And so it was it was just a great weekend. Um, we're all kind of still bleary-eyed, tired, and <laughs> sore from everything. Um, we lifted a lot of stuff and moved things around, and it was just a great weekend. And, um, I'll just tell you, like it, it got me inspired. It, um, it got me thinking and got my wheels turning and got my, um, ambition up a little bit. And so I want to share with you just a little bit about what I would love to see in the fostering world and what I am, dare I say, praying for, um, and especially here in Lee County in the fostering world. And number one, um, I want to see connection in the fostering community. There's not a lot. Um, people, you know, um, kind of stick to themselves in the fostering world because, you know, you're not allowed to really share about the details of what you're doing. You're not really allowed to share 
um, about what you're going through. Um, and so people just kind of learn to just live amongst themselves and not really reach out, not really build that community. And that's sad. That's really sad and unfortunate because that's not how we're supposed to live life. Um, that's not how we're supposed to thrive. We need each other. And I think if 2020 has taught us anything, um, you know, we've, we've learned over the last couple of years, we need people, we need community, we need relationship and the fostering world is no different. A lot of times foster families are kind of ostracized because they're different and because they look different and they have kiddos that might be different or um, seen as, as difficult sometimes. Um, and so, you know, a lot of times it's, it's hard to um, build community with families like that. It's hard to build a relationship. It's uncomfortable. And I think that's a big part of it too. And so... Um, you know, there's just a lot of disconnect and I want to see relationship built. I want to see bridges built. I want to see um, people getting out of their comfort zones and getting into fostering families' worlds and figuring out how they can um, help or support or pray or um, just bring a meal once a month, you know, like things that are just practical, but 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 incredibly supportive, um, just mean the world to people. And so I want to see something like that. Um, getting a little, um, more practical, I would love to see a, an intake home for these foster kiddos right now. Um, when a child is picked up, they're taken to the CYFD office and there they have to wait until the caseworker or investigator finds, placement for that child. Um, that child is usually, um, you know, the caseworker tries really hard to make that child comfortable and, and relaxed and, um, you know, it does their best. Um, but it, it's not a home environment. And sometimes kids are forced to actually stay there for several days, um, before they can find placement. Um, a lot of our local homes are very full. And so, um, you know, they're, they're having to send, um, kiddos out of town, out of County and, um, disconnect them from, you know, even more of what they know and their schools, their, you know, their extracurricular activities, things like that. And so we, I would love to see um, an intake home that was purchased by somebody given to the state or given to an organization or to a nonprofit. And these kids can come to a home, a nice home that has um, room for them to have their own space, to have maybe a theater room to go and just kind of veg out and, and watch a show um, has a living room, a kitchen, has a place for the caseworker to, you know, make their calls without being overheard by the child, um, has places, you know, for people to stay and um, even even like, a, you know, a therapy room or even a, a small doctor's office type of room, um, you know, where they're not having to go you know, to an ER that night or go to a doctor's office right away. Um, they can do it in a, in a safe and, and peaceful environment and, and lower the, 
the anxiety, lower the trauma that um, they're going to have to go through again. And um, I just, I would love to see something like that for our kids in Lee County and for our workers. Um, I feel like that would be such a benefit. And so I'm, I'm believing for some kind of home, for some kind of intake home for that. I'm believing someone's going to be like, I got a house, like, let's do this. Or somebody's going to band together with a group of people and make it happen. I don't think that's hard. I think that that's possible. And so I want to see something like that happen in Lee County. I'm believing for that. Another thing I'm believing for is, um, just a huge awakening in the church um, to realize that, you know, the foster care system is broken because number one, our world is, you know, our world is broken. But number two, you know, um, the state was never commanded to take care of the orphans or the widows. The church was. Um, we are the ones who are the solution to this problem. And we are the ones who are supposed to catch these kids as they fall because people have let them down. Um, the church is responsible. And I believe that as the church, we are called to step up and do something much bigger than we are now. And I'm praying for an awakening in our church leaders. I'm praying an awakening in our pastors. I'm praying for an awakening in um, our staffs and just just uh, politicians, people who are our representatives here. I'm praying for an awakening. I'm praying for this to become um, an itch that they can't scratch, like they can't shake the reality that these kids um, are being put um, in places that they probably shouldn't and uh, in homes that, you know, we're just, they're just, <laughs> they're just trying to find a, a safe place for them to be. Um, and these kids, these kids need healing. They need restoration. They need to see what love really looks like. They need to see what a, a healthy family looks like and how a healthy family functions. And I believe that we, the church, we, the body of Christ, we are supposed to show them that. And that is my, that is my goal. That is my prayer to, to see an awakening, to see the shift, to see the eyes opened and the hearts set on fire and the yes to come out of people's mouths and say, we will do this. Um, we'll do whatever God is asking us to do for these kids. And um, I'm just believing for that. I'm believing for it hardcore. And I know that um, that's a big, a big ask, <laughs> a tall order. Um, but I know that God has big plans for His children. And um, it, He's using us to do it. He's using the church, the hands and the feet to do it. And so if that's you and you're just sitting there and you're going, shoot, that's me. Like I know it is. Um, I want you to reach out to me. I would love to talk to you. I would love to encourage you. I'm not going to pressure you or anything like that, but I am going to speak life into you. And I am going to tell you that if you feel something, if you feel an urgency in your spirit, if you feel a burning and you're in the pit of your stomach, like this is something that I know I'm supposed to do, or I want to do something about, 
um, you need to get involved in some way, somehow. And that might, that might be fostering. It might be doing respite care where you help take care of kids on the weekends. Um, it might be that you um, get involved in some way in the foster care system and volunteer. Um, that might be just you getting involved with the CASA of Lee County where you are a, um, a, a court-appointed um, uh, act not activist, I keep saying activist, advocate for kids in care. You are the one who goes into court with them and um, makes sure that the kid is heard, that the child's voice is heard, and you represent them and you help them and you make sure that they have what they need in the legal sense. And you can get training on that. It's a volunteer thing. That's a It's a great a great program. Um, and I can help connect you with that if you're interested in something like that. But I believe that we have a great calling. Um, if you are a believer in Christ Jesus, if you, if you would say, you know, Jesus is my Lord and Savior. He died for me. He gave me life. He is who I am following after and I love him and I know he loves me and you're in that place in your life, then you have a part to play in foster care. Like that's, that's it. You have a part to play because you are the church and you have a calling in your life, whatever it is. Um, but you have a part to play in this and you, your hands are supposed to be on this. Your hands are supposed to be in this. And I just, I just, I'm calling you out. I'm calling you out into your fullness. I'm calling you out into your purpose because um, while it's uncomfortable and while it feels um, invasive and while it can feel scary at times, we were never, ever called for comfort. We were never, ever called for safe or convenient. We were called to the nations. We were called to go out and make disciples. We were called to go out and take care of the orphans and the widows and the broken and the sick and the naked and the hungry. We were called to go out and be the hands and feet of Jesus. We were supposed to fulfill the great commission. We are supposed to love God with everything we have and love our neighbor likewise. We are supposed to do something in foster care. These kids need us. They need us. I can't tell you how many times I would, every time a kid, you know, with our our Shop the Closet event, I made sure I met every kid. I shook their hand. I told them my name. I asked if I could hug them. I told them that they were special and that they had a beautiful plan on their life. I, I asked them, you know, if they were excited to go shopping. And I just tried to just engage with them a little bit. And I could tell you the kids that have been broken so many times that they could barely look at me and receive the love that I was giving them. Because when you have been traumatized so much and when you have been lied to so many times, um, a smile and a warm handshake and a sweet voice is almost a turn off. Um, and so I knew I had to change my tactic and I had to relate to them in a different way because that wasn't something that they would trust from me. Um, and then I knew the kids that, that have never been talked to that way and they were hungry for it and they were staring into my eyes like, 
why are like you're different? Why are you different? And hugged me and like 12 year old little boy that, I mean, like I filled an order for, you know, several weeks ago when he first came into care. Um, and he, you know, was barely had any life in his eyes or light at all in him. And he left the closet that day. He'd seen me once before and he left the closet that day and just clung to me and just hugged me tight and wouldn't let go. Even after I was letting go, he just wouldn't let go. And, um, I just, I just told him, I was like, listen to me. I said, you are special and you are loved. And if you need anything, you know how to get a hold of me. This is my number. This is where I'm at. You reach out to me. Do you understand? And he was so like just a different kid, just a different kid. And I just, I tell you those little things because you may not be able to reach a certain kiddo, um, in the state that they're in, but someone else can. And the person that can't reach that kiddo, maybe you're the one that's supposed to reach them. Maybe you're the one that is going to help bring life and light back into their eyes. Um, and that's you. That's you and that's me and that's what we are um, called to do. That's what we're assigned to do. Because fullness isn't just for people who have their lives together. Fullness is for everyone. Fullness is for every child, every woman, every broken heart. God is calling us into that fullness, but we have to know Him first. And how are they going to know Him if we don't go tell them about Him? How are they going to know? How are they going to hear that? If they're not in a home that's going to show them Jesus, that's going to pray for them, that's going to teach them about His goodness and teach them about His love for them and teach them about His nature and introduce them to the presence of God. If you know how to do those things for you, then you have a purpose and a calling in foster care because these kids need it desperately. They need it desperately. They need it more than they need clothes and shoes from Emma's closet. They need the Lord. They need healing. They need restoration. And that is what God does. Therapy is great. And I believe in it. And I am a subject of it. And I love therapy. But therapy could never do what God could do for me. Therapy wasn't my complete healing. Jesus is. And I found another layer of his love for me through therapy. And that's where my healing came from. That's what they are missing. And we have the answer. We have the antidote. We have the missing puzzle piece. And it's time that we, as Christians, as the body of Christ, stand up and do our job. And I am calling us out. We have a place here in the fostering world. And I know that that's you. And if you are like, I'm going to throw up, (laughs) then you need to reach out to me. We need to talk. We need to hang out. We need to have coffee or something or get our kids together and let them run crazy and, and talk about where you're at because this is, this is too important to keep suppressing. And that's, that's something that's really tempting to do is to suppress it and ignore it and go on with your life. But if you're breathing and you know Jesus and you've encountered him, it's our job to make sure that these kids get to that too. 
they get to do that too. So I hope that shook you up a little bit and I hope it challenges you because it challenges me and it sets me ablaze and I've pretty much ruined my headphone cord here because I'm wringing it in my hands because <laughs> I'm on fire right now. And um, I just, I just know that there's someone listening to this that's like, I'm supposed to do this and I want to talk with you. And there's someone listening to this. It's like, I need to do something. I don't know what it is, but I want to do something. And I want to talk to you right now. Maybe some of you are listening to this and you're like, I've been there and I can't go back. I can't do it again. This wasn't for me. I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you because I've been there too. I've been there. And this is, this is a journey. And we're supposed to do it together. And we need each other. So let's connect. Um, if you know a fostering family, if you know somebody, pray for them. Pray for them. Go do something for them. Go bless them. Go drop off dinner randomly and just say, just whenever you need it, freeze it and use it. Um, go slip them a $20, $20 bill and say, hey, here's some diapers <laughs> or formula because that's really hard to come by right now. Let's do, let's be the hands and feet. Not just once, not when we just think about it, but continually. These kids need us. They need us. They need Jesus. That's where their freedom is. That's that's who's going to heal them. And they need him. So, I love you guys. I hope this is a good one for you. And... If you have any questions or thoughts or concerns or you want to get involved in any way, reach out and I will connect you with whoever you are um, wanting to get involved with. I'm excited and I'm expectant and I'm believing that these things that we've talked about today are going to happen in Lee County and in our fostering world. Let's go. Friend, I'm so glad you were here with me today during this episode. If you're ready for more and want to start taking some action steps on what you've heard today, I want you to join a really special community called the Fullness Show community. It's a free, positive, and life-giving group of women just like you who are taking brave steps out of their overwhelm and into their fullness of overflow. And I want to see you in there. You are not alone, girl. Let us show you to join the group go to facebook.abbyhaggard.com. I can't wait to meet you in there. Thanks again for listening to The Fullness Show.